0: You are listening to Rio Bravo Q-Week Podcast, your weekly dose of knowledge brought to you by the Rio Bravo Family Medicine Residency Program from Bakersfield, California, a UCLA-affiliated program sponsored by Clinica Sierra Vista. Let us be your healthcare home. This podcast was created for educational purposes only. Visit your primary care provider for additional medical advice.
1: Now we're going to have a segment about diabetes. You know, diabetes is always a hot topic in our podcast because we see a lot of patients with diabetes in our clinic. And uh, we have a special guest today. She's a medical student, and she's doing her uh, sub-internship rotation with us right now. She's a fourth-year medical student. So, Yvette Singh, thank you for being here. Welcome. And can you let us know about yourself, tell us about yourself?
2: Yes, uh, thank you for having me. I My name is Yvette Singh. I'm from American University of the Caribbean and I am currently applying for the family medicine residency programs this cycle. Um, And I'm from actually locally from Bakersfield, California, and my family's here. I just recently got married last year. Oh, congratulations. Thank you. My husband's here, and you know, uh, I love to help this community. And again, thank you for allowing me the opportunity to come on today.
1: Yeah, it's always fun to have local people. So, Yvette, uh, you were reading about uh, updates in diabetes treatment, and, and you're here to present us some updates in, that was given by the ADA. And I'm, I'm actually surprised because usually the ADA gives the standards of care like every January. They release it every January, but uh, it's, this is like mid-year, and it's an update anyways. So let us know what, what you found.
2: Yeah, so the American Diabetes Association released some changes um, early this year in May, and specifically they had some changes regarding the sodium glucose co-transporter 2 inhibitors, also known as the SGLT2 inhibitors, as well as the glucagon-like peptide 1 receptor agonists, also known as GLP-1 receptor agonists, and veneranone, which is um, for cardiovascular and renal comorbidities.
1: Well, those medications that you mentioned you know, I'm a big fan of them. I use them in my clinic all the time, uh, except for finerenone, and I'm glad that we're going to be learning a little bit about it today.
2: Yeah, you know, I, it was the first time I've heard of this medication, and, uh, you know, every day there's something new coming out, but we all it's a lifelong learning journey.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yes. So let's talk about the SU2, SGLT2 inhibitors and the GLP-1 receptor agonist. Let's start with the definition. Why are they?
2: Yeah, so, you know, SGLT2 inhibitor class is a oral anti-diabetic anti-diab- drug, including empagliflozin, canagliflozin, dapagliflozin, basically all the glyphazins. Um And what they do is they increase the increase excretion of glucose and sodium in the urine by inhibiting SGLT2 receptors in the kidney, and thus this lowers the glucose levels.
1: So they have a glucoretic effect. So yeah. Basically, what I tell my patients, you're going to pee your sugar, you know, that you're going to pee your sugar out, mm-hmm. and that's going to help you lower your sugar in your blood.
2: Exactly. Mm-hmm. And the GLP-1 receptor agnes are a class of non-insulin drugs that include exenatide, liraglutide, semaglutide, and many more. And what they do is they mimic the intestinal hormone and cretin, and it binds to its receptor, which lo- lowers the rate at which food leaves the stomach, um, as well as controlling appetite and it regulating the insulin and glucagon secretion.
1: Yeah, and I tell my patients, you know, this is basically going to help you lose weight. That's one of the benefits of the GLP-1 receptor agonist, for both of them, actually, for the SGLT2 inhibitor and the GLP-1 receptor agonist. Exactly. So, so, and what's new about the use of these medications? What do you find on those updates?
2: So, you know, traditionally, the glucocentric approach recommended initial medications such as metformin for the use of, you know, in most adults with type 2 diabetes, leaving the SGLT2 inhibitors and GLP-1 receptor agonist on the sidelines as alternative options, mainly for lowering... lowering
1: um... For lowering glucose. Oh, yes.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> um, for patients with high risk for atherosclerotic cardiovascular disease in whom additional glucose lowering was needed after metformin treatment.
1: So it was only for a patient with high risk of... Uh, cardiovascular disease, and if you needed to increase the, or to improve the glycemic control. Mm -hmm. So, and what's new uh, about it?
2: So, you know, current guidelines are now recommending that these agents, such as SGLT2 inhibitors and GLP-1, for any type 2 diabetes patient with current or high risk uh, for ASCVD or CKD or heart failure, and this guideline stands regardless for the need for additional glucose lowering and or metformin use currently. And this has now changed through trials demonstrating that there are cardiovascular disease and chronic kidney disease benefits independent of the medication's glucose-lowering potential.
1: It's interesting. You know, now I remember one of the SGLT2 inhibitors is approved in Europe, at least that I know of. Dapaglifosin is approved for type 1 diabetes too. But uh-huh. here in the U.S., we don't use it for type 1, only for type 2.
2: Okay.
1: Mm-hmm. So, and the A1C has been a marker for the treatment of diabetes, like, traditionally, right? Mm-hmm. So, what do you read about that A1C?
2: You know, again, H- it, hemoglobin A1C has been used as a clinical decision-making tool. And now, systematic reviews have revealed that minimal benefits have seen in the normalization of hemoglobin A1C.
1: Well, that's really shocking to me. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Because traditionally for me, A1C is like the gold standard. You know, I'm chasing always the A1C. Okay, what's the A1C this month and what's it gonna be in three months? So, and now you're telling me that systematic reviews have revealed minimal benefits in the normalization of A1C. That's a really bold statement.
2: Yeah, and you know, moreover, the cardiovascular and kidney protection of the SGLT2 inhibitors and GLP-1 receptor agonists are unrelated to their impact of hemoglobin A1c. A double-blinded randomized clinical trial showed that the SGLT2 inhibitors reduce the risk for cardiovascular death and hospitalization for heart failure in patients with or without diabetes. It is therefore the cardiovascular and kidney risk, rather than the hemoglobin A1c, that constitutes a possible indication for the two medication classes.
1: Okay. So that's that's excellent, excellent information. That's, you know, something new. And I hope our listeners are enjoying this as much as me, uh, because I'm a fan of diabetes treatment, you know, and I'm always looking for new evidence and new guidelines. So that's great. Um uh, so let's keep talking about patients with um, um, cardiovascular risk.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So patients with you know atherosclerotic cardiovascular disease, if they remain above their goal for A1C despite the addition of either a SGLT2 inhibitor or a GLP-1 receptor agonist, then adding the agent that the patient is not currently on out of the two is recommended before trying other classes such as the DDP-4 inhibitors, which are the dipeptidyl peptidase-4 inhibitors, as well as basal insulin or even sulfonureas, because the combination use of an SGLT-2 inhibitor and a GLP-1 receptor agonist can produce an additive effect and an additive risk reduction for cardiovascular and renal adverse events.
1: And what is good about the GLP-1 receptor agonist is it's an injection, but it's also oral. So there is one formulation that is oral. So if your patients are scared of needles and they, you know, they want to improve their their control of their diabetes or they want to have the cardiovascular benefit, so a GLP-1 receptor agonist by mouth is also an option. Okay. So, and now, um, Yvette, you, always, you also read about a new medication. Uh, this is new for me. It's, probably, it's been in the market probably longer than I thought. But it's called uh, finerenone. So what do you read about it?
2: You know, finerenone, it mechanism of action acts by selectively blocking the sodium reabsorption and it overactivates the mineralocorticoid receptor within epithelial and non-epithelial tissues. So this in turn reduces fibrosis and inflammation of both the kidneys and blood vasculature. The finerenone use for patients uh, with advanced CKD, uh, which is moderately elevated albuminuria, EGFR of 25 to 60, and diabetic retinopathy is encouraged for nephroprotection. So, however, patients with less advanced CKD, stages 1 to 2, don't really receive much benefit. Though, regardless of severity of CKD, SGLT2 inhibitors remain first-line therapy before finerenone.
1: Okay, so most patients with CKD they should be on a SGLT two inhibitor, mm-hmm. uh, and if there is an uh, another option, would be this one, finerenone.
2: Exactly, and it's also seen that finerenone, you know, improves cardiovascular outcomes and reduces CKD. Per- Progression for patients, but it's still unknown if there's any additive cardioprotective effects if this is used in conjunction with SGLT2 inhibitors and GLP1 receptor agonists. So, you know, just having those studies and waiting for those results will help, you know, prove the use of finerenone further.
1: Hmm. I can think in a couple of patients that so I can start this medication on. So, thank you for that update, and I hope to go to one of those presentations about finerenone. You know, the laboratory rep she keeps texting me saying hey we have a presentation this week you want to come and i will say yes but i i haven't been able to make it to to the presentations but i'm very interested interested to learn about finarinon and uh so okay yvette so those are great updates mm-hmm. and i hope um you know everybody is hearing this podcast and it can you can find it useful so but What what can you tell us to close this segment of the podcast?
2: Just some, you know, uh, additional revisions to diabetes care. Uh, One of them is decreasing the age of screening for diabetes from 45 to 35, um, as well as the use of SGLT2 inhibitors in patients uh, with GFR greater than 25. Previously, it it had to be greater than 30 um and if the a1c goal is not being met and they're using insulin the combination therapy of insulin with a glp receptor agonist can be considered as this combination treatment has shown to increase the efficacy of insulin as well as the duration of insulin
1: yeah and the glp1 receptor agonist is so effective that you have to be cautious when you're combining it with insulin mm-hmm. in a patient who is you know at risk for hypoglycemia so you have to be um cautious about that combination, but it's useful and I use it in my patients all the time. I just uh, have them to monitor the glucose more closely. Maybe um, adding a a continuous glucose monitor, it, it can help a lot in these patients.
2: Yeah, you know, overall, this change, like you said, it could be very beneficial. But understandably, like you said, there could be some limitations to this guideline, given the availability and cost of the medications worldwide, Um, you know, populations such as pregnancy, or even, you know, ages greater than 65 with concurrent risk factors for hypoglycemia, dehydration, and even those with family history or self-history of acute pancreatitis.
1: Well, it's good that you mentioned that. So these medications work great but they have to be prescribed with um, precautions you have to use them wisely because there's some contraindications some side effects that you can avoid that you need to avoid and um, but yeah thank you so much Yvette this is a great update and um, I hope you have good luck in your in your match season and you find the program that um, that you like
2: Thank you so much for having me, Dr. Ariza. It's a great pleasure to be back again. And I hope you go to that presentation for Never Known. Oh,
1: yeah. I'll invite you to come with me. <laughs> oh,
2: perfect. Thank All you. Right. Thank
1: you. Bye-bye.
0: Now we conclude our episode number 114, Diabetes Care Update.
2: Yvette explained that the ADA now recommends the use of SGLT2 inhibitors and GLP-1 agonists in any patient with type 2 diabetes with current or at high risk for cardiovascular disease, chronic kidney disease, or heart failure. Primary care physicians should become familiar with the dosing, cautions, side effects, and contraindications of these meds. Also, a newer medication for CKD and diabetes was mentioned, Phenonuron diabetes treatment continues to evolve, and we hope this information is useful for you. This week, we thank Hector Ariasa, Yvette Singh, and Fiona Axelson. Audio edition by Adrienne Silva.
0: Even without trying, every night you go to bed a little wiser. Thanks for listening to the Rio Bravo Q Week podcast. We want to hear from you. Send us an email at Rio bravo Q week at clinica Sierra or visit our website riobravofmrp.org bravo qweek See you next week.